Before Jesus left his disciples, he said, I'm going to pray to the Father that he would send the come alongside one to be with you, to abide with you forever. And so this second chapter of the Acts of the Apostles is the day when the come alongside one came in. The Acts of the Apostles, chapter 2. When the day of Pentecost arrived, Pentecost. What is this word? This is not a word that we use every day. How are you doing? I'm pretty Pentecost. Who are you wearing? Pentecost. We don't do that. What does this term mean? It's a Greek term meaning 50th, marking celebrating the Jewish holiday of Shavuot, the feast of weeks, seven weeks to be precise, commemorating that 50 days after leaving Egypt, when they reached the mountain, Mount Horeb, Mount Sinai, the Mount of Yahweh, God spoke to them. Moses comes down from the mountain with ten commandments, a new way for God's people to live with him and with one another. Their liberation continued beyond the captivity and slavery of Pharaoh. Liberation. God was giving them a new way to be free, free from being owned by appetites that only destroy trust and love, free from self-centeredness, free from making idols of things that were never meant to rule, free to have their affections rightly ordered. Freedom birthed in the wind of his breath, the Hebrew ruach, his breath speaking the law into existence, his breath, his spirit. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. All together in one place. We remember that. We miss that. We long for that. We lament the loss of that. It seems so ordinary. Maybe sometimes an onerous burden. Now a luxury, a memory, like a dream when we communally sang and heard and listened and preached and passed the peace with a kiss faint memory of intimacy now longed for just to be together in one place y'all it was always a privilege just ask our brothers and sisters in far off places who know what it is to be estranged and isolated by something unseen by belief when the day of Pentecost arrived they were all together in one place And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. The ruach, the wind, the Spirit, His Ruach that hovered over the face of the deep, formless and void, Tohu and Vohu, empty and spoke order into the chaos, something into nothing now manifests, still speaking into the chaos, speaking new possibilities, a new way, freedom, liberation. His breath that He breathed into the Adamah, the ground, and made the first Adam man now speaks and it fills a house and it's spreading like fire. A 
fire of tongues, not wagging and licking tongues, but languages, meaning, rhetoric, communication. No longer stone tablets fixed in time and space, but his spirit spreading, spreading out among his people like a wildfire spreading, consuming, searing the freedom into the flesh of the human hearts from the inside out. Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men and women from every nation under heaven. And at this sound, the multitude came together and they were bewildered because each one of them was hearing them speak in their own language. And they were amazed and astonished, saying, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that each of us is hearing this in their own native language? Parthenians and Medes and Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia and Judea and Cappadocia and Pontus and Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt and parts of Libya, belonging to Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes and Cretans and Arabians, Marchaban, y'all. We hear them telling it in our own tongues, the mighty works of God. And all were amazed and perplexed saying to one another, what does this mean? What does it mean when an undivided voice can be heard in different frequencies and tones and rhythms and sounds, ringing a bell that brings us all out together in a unified direction without requiring a monochromatic complexion? What does it mean when people from every nation under the sun come together as one? What does it mean, this echad, this one from the many that only God could birth and breathe? What does it mean, the mighty works of God for all of us? They were all amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But, but not all of them. Because not all see, not all hear, not all are listening to the voice in the wind that speaks. Not all. Others were mocking, saying, they're drunk with new wine. Some missing the, the wind, the voice, the spirit, the ruach, only hearing with the limitation of their own captivity, of their own shrunken imaginations would allow. They must be drunk time and circumstance proffering a weak explanation for divine inbreaking, incarnation, spirit into flesh, dismissed as libation, evaporating the words of liberation. But Peter, formerly the surly fisherman, formerly the brass sword wielding bodyguard of Jesus, formerly the cursing broken promiser, the runner away that Peter stands up with the eleven and he he lifted up his voice and he addressed them men and women of Judea and on all who dwell in Jerusalem let this be known to you and give ear to my words for these people are not drunk as you suppose it's only 9 a.m. He doesn't paint them as Pharisees who might defend, well, we never. Instead, he simply states, they haven't had time to get drunk yet. For these people, he continues, are not drunk as you suppose, since it is only 9 a.m., but this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. 
as he quotes what the breath, the Ruach, had previously promised to a minor prophet whose name we only hear one time before. And he quotes, In the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and daughters will prophesy. And your young men and young women are going to see visions. And your old men and your old women are going to dream dreams. Even on my male servants and female servants, in those days, I will pour out my Spirit and they will prophesy. And I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and vapor and smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness, the the moon to blood, and before the day of the Lord comes, the great and magnificent day, and it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. People of Israel, hear these words. Bold preacher, Peter. And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. People of Israel, hear these words next name you hear is the name above every name. The next name that Peter speaks has the ability to bring liberation and freedom and life and love and grace and meaningfulness to all the meaninglessness that every captive everywhere has ever been entrapped in. The next name you hear is the only base in which you want to shelter in place from every storm that this unsafe life will wield. Pay attention because the next name you hear and recognize the Ruach of God speaking life into dead in saying his name to our ears. Are you listening? He continues. Jesus of Nazareth. A man attested to you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs that God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves know, this Jesus delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God. You crucified and you killed it by the hands of lawless people. God raised him up, loosing the pangs of death because it was not possible for him to be held by them. For David says concerning him, and he quotes David, I saw the Lord always before me. He's at my right hand that I may not be shaken. Therefore my heart was glad and my tongue rejoiced. My flesh also will dwell in hope, for you will not abandon my soul to Hades or let your Holy One see corruption. You have made known to me the paths of life. Oh, he leads me in paths of righteousness. You will make me full of gladness with your presence. Peter continues, brothers and sisters, I may say to you with confidence about the patriarch David that he both died and was buried. And we, his tomb is with us to this day, being therefore a prophet and knowing that God had sworn an oath to him that he would set one of his descendants on the throne. He foresaw and he spoke about the resurrection of Christ that he was not abandoned to Hades, nor did his flesh see corruption. This Jesus, God raised up, and of that we are all witnesses. Being therefore exalted at the right hand of God and having received everything from the Father, the promise of the Holy Spirit, 
He has poured out this that you yourselves are seeing and hearing. For David did not ascend to the heavens, but he himself says, The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool. Now let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Messiah. This Jesus whom you crucified. This Jesus, this Jesus, this Jesus. When a preacher repeats himself three times, pay attention. Sit up straight or get down on your face because something's about to happen. This Jesus, this Jesus, this Jesus, Yeshua, Joshua, God saves. This Jesus is the one. He's the one you have been hoping for and waiting for forever. Maybe he's the one that you have been tempted to stop hoping for. The one that you wonder if he existed. The one you've been afraid to hope for. The one you have mistook as a political pawn in a game played by empires. The one hijacked for political gain at the expense of systemic pain hurled at the masses of the marginalized. The one who's been covered up like a solitary pine tree by ornaments, lights, and popcorn and ribbons in the name of celebrating his arrival. Don't be fooled. Not that Jesus, but this Jesus. The Jesus made flesh in an unwed teenage mother from a nothing town in a little nothing land. He's turned the world upside down. This Jesus, will he turn your world upside down? Or do you like that Jesus better? The one of cartoons and precious moments and flags and neutered wet dynamite. Or will you let this Jesus blow your life up? Or will you continue the myth that he's just a myth? This Jesus, will you crucify or will you pass by him? Will you say, nice rabbi, oh, he's a real wise guy. Or will you finally clarify and deify and edify? It's time to let the words fly and testify. Will you crucify? Or will you be crucified alongside this Jesus? When they heard this, they were cut to the heart. And they asked Peter and the rest of the disciples, brothers, sisters, what do we do? Brothers, sisters, what do we do? What will you do? Now that you've heard, what do you do with this Jesus? Will you let his razor-sharp word cut your heart? Or will you keep dancing and dodging and weaving and bobbing the blows intended for your own liberation? Like Eustace, the only way out of our dragon skin that traps us in our own sin, our own self-enthroned idolatry, is to allow ourselves to be filleted wide open by the Lion of Judah and let his ruach, his breath, breathe life into our dead bodies. This is the only way. There is no other stream. Let the particularity of this revelation of Jesus the Christ knock you down off the throne. He is the King. Jesus is Lord. Kurias Jesus. Life comes not in defending your place atop the altar, but in bending your knee to the King. Be offended by his grace, not that your heart is the place that he is meant to rule and reign. 
Peter said to them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promises for you and your children and your children and your children and for everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. And with many other words, he bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, Save yourselves from this crooked and perverse generation. So those who received his word were baptized. And there were added that day about 3,000 souls. Repent and be baptized. These are not words that we use every day. Hey, what are you going to go do? I'm going to go repent. You want to come repent with me? What does that mean? Metanoia. Turn around. Change your mind. Change your heart. Change your life around the change in your mind and your change in your heart. The Hebrew word shuv means come home. Come home. Come home and be baptized, be cleansed, be bathed, be physically marked by the reversal of direction and the acceptance of life being spoken into you. Stand in front of your people and your community and be laid down in the water and die raised again to new life, free, resuscitated by his Ruach. Identified not on your own terms and not on theirs, but by the love of Christ who has pursued you through death and back out the other side. The way out of our failures and soul disease is not denial. It's not found in elevating the human spirit or in overcoming by self-empowering and wishing things were different, nor the delusional thinking that things are not what they are. The way out is through and into Jesus Christ. Don't be content one day longer, wandering in the wilderness of your own comprehension. Turn around and come home. Mark it out loud. Organize your whole self around this new life, this new reality that is being breathed into you by the Ruach of God. You are a child of God. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayers, and awe came on every soul. And many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed together had all things in common. They were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, worshiping together, breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number, day by day, those who were being saved. Saved. Do we use this word anymore? Saved on Pentecost. Saved on the day the former slaves remember being set free and sent a sign of God's covenant with them. His very word to them, live this way and be free. Saved on Pentecost. 50 days after the escape they celebrate. And 50 days after Jesus makes the great escape from the bonds of death we celebrate 
the Ruach came like a mighty rushing wind and it filled the house and it filled their hearts. 3,000 of them resurrected from death to life, from captivity to freedom. And you, what about you? God's Spirit spoke the world into existence. Let there be light, and there was light, and it was good. And now He extends the offer to you by sending you His breath, His own Spirit, into your dry bones to give you life. What will you do? Incarnation through resuscitation in you. Can I suggest that we get down on our knees and we say, Jesus, Spirit of God, come in. Spirit, come in. Let me in. Pentecost. Happy, joyful.